his, his name is Blaine? Oh, that's, that's a major appliance, that's not a name. Better known as Big William, for very obvious reasons. Phenai? Oh, damn it. Two men rise up and declare welcome to Appalachian Park. Are you ready, boys? episode of Appalachian Pie. I'm William J. Wright, and with me is uh, the greatest Blame. co-host. <laughs> the what? <laughs> I was going to call you the greatest co-host in the world, but now I'm going to call you a uh, Q-jumping asshole. No, so, uh, I certainly accept that. I was going to do something nice, and you fucked it up. I'm good at that. <laughs> but uh, at any rate, I am in like the best mood ever tonight. As am I, sir. I believe we're going to be having a wonderful exchange with a gentleman that we both not only respect and revere for his work, but consider him a brother. That's right. We've got the man himself, the big guy, Mr. John Marshall, also known as the Bodfather, host of Bod's Mayhem Hour over on the Uber City uh, Radio Network. Uh, hosts an awesome heavy metal show, has the big names, the big stars, and also has the local bands. And he also touches on my favorite subject in the world, horror movies. So we got that to look forward to. John's a great guy, and I'm sure he's going to give us an awesome interview. So, is there anything I need to know about him before we get started with this? I mean, he's not some creep, is he, or something? Uh, he once shot a man for snoring too loud. No, that was Sean, that was Sean Wesley Harding from the old, uh, <laughs> the old Time Life Cowboy books. Remember those commercials? <laughs> Sadly enough, I sat there for a second and was like, wait a minute, really? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he met uh, he met Clint Eastwood, slap, <laughs> slapped his mama <laughs> twice on weekends because she rolled over too slow. Yeah, but like I was saying, I'm in an awesome mood today. I've, I've probably achieved geek nirvana in the last two days. Last night, the Doctor Who premiere with uh, Peter Capaldi as the new Doctor, and I'm just thrilled about that. Awesome show. Great new doctor. And then today, I took the kids out to see Guardians of the Galaxy. And oh, how was that? I've been wanting to see it. It is 
awesome believe the hype really i mean yeah it's like i remember going to see star wars as a kid back when i was five years old in the movie theater and like ever since then you're when you're that young and you get hit with that much of entertainment experience you spend the rest of your life chasing that high and i think i might have come close to it maybe have attained that old feeling that i got from star wars in 77 from oh. guardians of the galaxy it's that good wow and something interesting here, you know, if I might blow my own horn a little bit, is my weird association with Guardians of the Galaxy's director, James Gunn. James Gunn came out of the Troma School of Filmmaking, basically. He was there with Lloyd Kaufman, and uh, he worked on Tromeo and Juliet, and he co-wrote uh, Lloyd's book, the first one that he did. A few years ago, back when I was writing for Sirens of Cinema, the last thing that I did for the magazine before they closed up shop was an article about a VH1 television show called Scream Queens. Did you ever see this? No, I'm not familiar. Well, basically the premise was they got a whole bunch of uh, actresses who'd been, maybe some of them had had uh, a little bit of B-movie experience, but the thing was they were going to set them up, uh, make them go through all these acting competitions, these weird challenges to get them to eventually land a role in whatever the current Saw movie was at the time. One of the hosts was James Gunn, who is now the man behind the biggest movie in the world and biggest movie of the summer. My last article I did for Sirens was a big in-depth kind of review of the show and i got down finished the article uh wrote my piece and was down to where i needed to get um some photographs for the article just out of the blue i write an email to james gunn and james gunn wrote me back and told me where to go who to talk to to get these photographs so i'm just like so stoked that here i had another connection with someone who's like biggest filmmaker in the world right now you know i've had personal contact with uh you know some real greatness and that's the cool thing about what we're doing here is like it opens up so many opportunities to meet cool people whether it be a huge famous guy like james gunn or any of the film people that i've known or someone as cool who's doing it on uh, you know, a small but equally important level like our guest tonight john marshall man i'm just i'm i'm stoked i'm i'm geeking out i feel like a kid i'm having a blast man oh no that sounds kick-ass definitely i mean wow <laughs> I, I, I wish I could be in your shoes. Uh, you don't want to be in these shoes, man. Well, I'm, my feet are bigger than yours, so you're probably right. These pumps are killing me. <laughs> <laughs> so how about you, man? What's going on? Uh, not a whole lot. It's actually been a semi-quiet week. Um haven't dealt with a lot of people, per se, just dealing with, uh, well, I guess I can get into it. We're doing a lot of last-minute things with... <laughs> Spoiler alert, my wedding is coming up, and we're trying to finalize a lot of the last-minute things, and that's taking up the majority of my free time. Jumping the broom, as we call it here in Appalachia. <laughs> yeah, it's just been most of the free time is trying to juggle phone calls and this, that, and the other. Are we going to get this done? Who's going to do this? What's going to happen with that? Blah, 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 blah. But a lot of it came together over this past weekend and feeling pretty confident that it's going to go more smoothly than we originally anticipated. And So you're down to the wire now. The big date's in October, right? Yes, sir. Awesome, awesome. Congratulations again. And, of course, uh, we would like to invite uh, the entire family of Appalachian Pie listeners to uh, come out and join Blaine on his wedding night. Yes. Um, actually, um, I'll, I'll send out the address later, but everyone plan ahead to go to Fountain City. 
Fountain City, if you don't know, is just miles down the road from my place here. So, uh, and I, I applaud Blaine for deciding to honeymoon in Fountain City, just outside of Knoxville. Good on you, man. <laughs> the tourism industry here in Fountain City is uh, has been suffering, but I'm sure this is going to break it wide open. Now, I, I, I'm absolutely certain we'll get at least an extra six people in there. Yeah, of course, uh, the wedding will be uh, catered by the Pizza Palace. <laughs> well, here we are, second episode. What do you think? We made it. We, uh, we're no uh, one-pump chump here. we got another show going. I guess I'm not the least bit surprised. I can't say that I am either. I knew we'd do it. Uh, certainly. And, you know, just because, yes, we are on our second show, I do want to take a second once again, to thank the people who have been there for us, with us from the beginning, everyone that's liked the Facebook page, everyone that's followed us, everyone that's actually paid attention to all of our new posts, even as we're still trying to build this up and get everything together. The fact that we got onto iTunes, the fact that we got onto TuneIn, I mean, hell, we're doing it. And thank you so much for being there with us for it. Absolutely. Thanks. Thanks to everybody who's listened in. We got a whole lot of good feedback. Uh, a lot of people writing us personally to say, hey, we dig the show. When's the next one coming? Yeah, my mom liked it, you know, which made me go back and listen to the show again to make sure I didn't say anything super embarrassing about my past <laughs> that could incriminate me in some way. Yeah, we're having a blast doing it. Yes, it's it's definitely been a lot of fun, and I'd, I'd have to lie to you to no end to say that I haven't listened to it at least a half dozen times questioning the same thoughts. It's like, what did I say? How stupid was it? Oh, well, it was actually kind of funny and interesting. It's weird. Like When we finished that first show and I got it edited and I listened to it, I was like, oh, I'm not sure if we quite got it, you know? And then just the listeners love it. It's like, yeah, it was real, you know? And uh, we learned a whole lot about you. And Apparently, that's uh, that's people are digging it, and I couldn't be more pleased. Yeah, and I think it was really funny just because, obviously, since I'm not up there anymore and everything, and the way you and I tried to approach the first show, and especially because this is going to be another spoiler alert, we originally had a different plan for the way the show was going to go the day of recording, but things kind of changed on us, and we kind of had to ad-lib a fair amount of it. William, you're more than welcome to interject right there. The first show suffered from alcohol poisoning. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we were kind of left in a position of spinning our wheels, trying to throw something together real quickly. And the only criticism that I really got, and I can completely understand it, was from people that were not from the Johnson City area, the immediate Appalachian area that we knew. They were kind of turned off. They weren't necessarily engaged about the fact that we were talking so much about that, but that's where we came from. That's who we are. So as far as the intro goes, I think it was perfect for what we had to do to introduce ourselves and introduce the idea of the show. Absolutely, and I think this is where some of the ancillary—some uh, <laughs> of the ancillary—well, uh, <laughs> tonight's show is brought to you by Newcastle Bombshell. <laughs> it's a good beer. Try it out. Yeah, I think that's where some of the uh, other projects that go hand in hand with uh, the Appalachian Pie Show are going to fill in some of those gaps because we're going to have things. We're, we'll have a website, and we're going to have personal blogs. 
and uh, you know pictures and show notes to kind of coach the uninitiated along through this journey of uh, you know of exploration and discovery in the wonderland of Appalachia. Yeah, I really liked your idea about posting a uh, map that kind of pointed out some of these places and everything that we were talking about because that probably would help in all honesty. Oh yeah, everyone needs to know where the Gurney Burger is. <laughs> Well, was, is, um, still leaves you, yeah. Well, the Gertie Burger, well, it's not, it's not properly there anymore, but it is, or was, very close to another establishment that opened years later and is now closed, which was a strip club called, and I kid you not, Fuzzy Oh, are you going to say this? Oh my I'm god. Gonna, I'm going to say Fuzzy Holes. Yes. <laughs> The worst strip club in the history of bad strip clubs. With the best... Okay, war... Okay, screw it. <laughs> <laughs> Once you say fuzzy holes, you've said it all. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we have a very special guest here on uh, Appalachian Pie tonight. If you're into metal and horror, you know him as the big man, the bodfather. But uh, we here, we know him as a really good friend and a friend to Appalachian Pie, uh, host of Bod's Mayhem Hour, the man himself, Mr. John Marshall. Thanks for coming by, John. Hey, guys. How's it going? My pleasure. I wouldn't miss this for the world. Awesome. Great to have you, sir. <laughs> Thank you, Blaine. Well, let's uh, start out here and uh, talk, about, uh, talk about the Mayhem Hour. Tell us all about that, sir. Bod's Mayhem Hour actually came about uh, 2012. Get out of the paranormal field, actually. Well, actually, anything, it came up before that around 2011. Started thinking about it, and I got out of the paranormal field to take care of my mother and things like that, and I just got tired of the paranormal field just for undisclosed reasons. Music has always been a passion of mine. It, it, I eat it, breathe it, sleep it. William knows how I am. I bleed it. <laughs> so I got to thank uh, Terry Thacker for giving me the big push because at first I was kind of hesitant to doing it, but I thought, well, if I could just do a show and get one person to like one local band that I put out there, then I feel like I'm doing my job. I don't get paid for this or anything. I work my butt off on getting interviews and things like that. So here we are today, uh, 2014, still doing it and still rolling. And William's been part of the show three times already. Now he's getting ready to do a Halloween special with me coming up. So the payment is that is, is meeting new people and having them as friends to reach out to to do interviews with. that That's the whole big thing right there. Now let's backtrack a little bit here and talk about how we first met. John and I were guests at a horror convention in Kentucky called Dark Woods. It was a great show, and it's too bad it's not around anymore, but that's another story. I was there at my table, you know, with my magazine set up and everything, and John's set up directly across from me with his paranormal group, and John comes over, and we hit it up like we have known each other for years i've convinced yeah. yeah i'm totally convinced of uh you know reincarnation now because of john because i've never met anyone who came up to me and we just started talking like we've known each other for years that's for sure i mean it's like so we had a bromance or something <laughs> <laughs> our eyes met across a crowded convention floor all right guys we gotta get this conversation going elsewhere <laughs> Like I said there, John was doing the paranormal thing. Now, John, uh, you know, like to talk about the past, and you walked away from the paranormal thing for, as you said, undisclosed reasons. Tell us a little bit about how you got into that field and your interest in it, and then maybe you can hint as to why you decided to give that up. 
You know, I just basically was just interested in it from day one and, you know, I started watching documentaries and things like that on television. I know television's for entertainment. You know, my mind was set on, well, does it really exist? Because I had seen things, but really didn't know if it was 100% legit. You know, I just said, well, I'm going to form my own paranormal team, me and Robert Isaac. And uh, we was in it for five years, well, me and the group that stayed after that, uh, Amanda and Deb. And I just, my mom started getting a little more ill, and I started just doing the right thing. I needed to stay and take care of her clothes, so, and that's what I did. Yeah, that's a testament to the kind of man that John is. He is a yeah, nobody good, can fault you for that. He's a good, yeah. good dude. Appreciate it, man. You know, you say that you actually saw some things. It was at the Octagon Hall, and it was me, Rob, and Amanda doing the investigation, and this was doing the actual tour of the location, and this was during the day. Uh, it wasn't night or anything like that. I mean, it's broad daylight. The the guy was taking us through the actual, uh, Billy was taking us through the actual tour. And there was another family there, too. And everything was just peaceful and quiet, like it normally is. So we get to the top of the second floor. And me and Amanda's in the other room. And it was a cool place, you know, just trying to take everything in before the, the evening set up, you know. So Can I interrupt you real quickly? Uh, yes, yeah, sure. The octagon, what? What is that? I'm just not familiar. Uh, Octagon Hall is a Civil War uh, location. It's actually a Civil War safe house, what it was used for, for the North and the South. But you can actually go online and find it. It's in Franklin, Kentucky. It's a cool, cool, neat little um, neat little story behind everything. That house was built, I guess, because of an octagon shape so that we could see every side uh, of, of the location. And there was a big war. There was a that part of the Civil War fought through there and everything, so... Uh, they've got the slaves' quarters and things like that, and they've got a little mill. I think they've got a a graveyard that's out there too that, that hosts uh, several soldiers, if I'm not mistaken. That place is it's pretty active on on some occasions. Just the night that we wasn't there, I mean, we didn't catch anything except for just a couple EVPs, but nothing you know serious or anything. And EVPs are electronic voice phenomenon. Pretty much, I ask a question. And if I get a response back, that is called an EVP. That's an electronic voice phenomenon. So you're actually picking up something that you don't hear with your with your own ears, and it can you know be picked up on the recorder, and you can hear it. So, and there's different classes and things like that, and it's just crazy on how serious a lot of these people take it. I mean, they take it to the extreme of classifying this and classifying that, um, even a little mumble. It's classified as like a, a D class or, or something like that. So, I mean, it's just, but back to the, the tour, uh, you know, like I said, me and Amanda was over in the other room adjacent to the uh, actual uh, room. So there's like two, I think two rooms upstairs, three. And the little girl's room, this is where the little girl had passed away, I, I believe. The family that was in the room, the door shuts right in front of them and you hear them scream. So as I go out, uh, they're they're opening the door to find out what what caused it to shut. Well, this is a heavy door. I mean, this is a door built back in the Civil War and stuff like that. So these are heavy doors. And couldn't find anything that caused it. So as we were leaving, and I had my back to the door, Robert at that time, the co-founder that was with us, he turns around, looks right at the door, and it shuts right in his face. You know, we don't have a camera or anything at the time, so it shut twice wow. on on everybody. So. That was it. <laughs> that is crazy, man. Yeah. 
pretty cool. I didn't yeah. get to see it, of course, yeah. as always. <laughs> well, anything, is there anything that you ever saw firsthand, you know, anything that uh, – like, you ever get any interesting EVPs? Yeah, yeah. We, we've caught, actually, old regular Baptist preaching at a location. And this location was a house that was – actually was a funeral home that was turned into a home. And had some pretty wild stuff. Um, we had some really good stuff at that location. As far as me actually seeing something with my own eyes, yeah, we uh, we did a ghost walk several years ago. And this guy was walking through this orchard. And I'm not the only one who saw it. There's several other people that seen it. The guy just split in half. Whoa, what? <laughs> the, the guy just walked. And there's all of a sudden just two of him. Wow. And I'm going... Uh, really is this happening so I'm you know frantic and screaming I'm not screaming but really frantic about saying are you guys seeing this am I is this legit am I I know I didn't drink nothing before I came down here you see it too so several seen the same thing and it was pretty wild the the thing that I saw when it when it split from the guy that was walking it was, it was a reenactment of what it was for Civil War location and this place is I wouldn't say a hotbed for activity but it's got some activity um, but it, it took off and went around and went around the actual little, little tree. It was gone. Split second, man. It was gone. So did doing that kind of work for so long, did that uh, did that change your perception of life, the way that you think about things and the beyond? Yeah, I, I kind of got to the point where after five years and plus my mom and everything, I was like, how much more stuff do I really need to prove that there's something out there? After a while, I'll take a toll on you, too. I brought stuff home with me. I finally got rid of it. That stuff I don't want to go back through again because it's just, it's not fun and it's not a joke. So I highly suggest that if people are seriously wanting to do this, to get with a team that really knows what they're doing. That, that's my suggestion. What do you think of this, you know, in the last 10 years or so, the proliferation of all the television shows, the ghost adventures, the ghost hunters? Do you think that uh, that may not be such a good thing? Well, I know it's for TV entertainment. I don't know. It could be there, – there's pros and cons with both with, with it. You know what I'm saying? I really don't know. I know that the TV shows are going away for the paranormal. Mm. I don't think they're being canceled. Like Ghost Hunters, I think they're – I saw the other day that it's their 10th year, 10th year anniversary. So let's see how long that goes, I guess. <laughs> so you decided I'll be a radio show host. Yeah, oddly enough <laughs> – <laughs> I just play music and, and things like that and just let it be. And then finally I just said, you know, after I guess it was about six to seven months, then I started to uh, get interviews. And you actually seem like you've been pulling down some really good names too. Well, you know, it, you have to keep working at it. You have to stay on top of things. You know, you may email them one week and not hear anything. You may even go a month before you hear something. But it's it's well worth it after you do it. I mean, you have to put your time into this because it 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 does take take a lot of time uh, to do all this. That's for sure. Now, what is it about uh, heavy metal that keeps it so popular? I mean, it has ups and downs. You know, times where you know it hits a real peak of mainstream popularity and then it goes away from the mainstream. But there's always this hardcore fans that are you know hold on to it. You know, like religion. Uh, what is it about metal that pumps up the fan and has kept you interested in it all these years. You're right, man. It comes in waves, and I've seen it over the years where it does that. It's just a loyalty to the bands. 
and we're just anxious for that new album to come out. So what are some trends in metal right now, some bands maybe that, you know, the average uh, fan on the street hasn't heard about, but guys who are coming up that you really dig and that we need to be looking out for? Volbeat. Yes. They're awesome. Um, A lot of people don't like this band, but I like them, Five Finger Death Punch. Hell Yeah is even still a good band. You know, they're still putting out good stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, newcomers, like you said, uh, man, there's all kinds. I mean, honestly, there's a Cold Chamber just got back together from what I understand. I believe they're going to be putting out a new album. The trends, uh, just I've seen a, a, a trend of the old bands actually coming out with new music. Like uh, like Black Sabbath, for instance. They came out with 13 uh, a year or two ago. Yep. Touring on that. Let's see who else just came out with one. Um, no, Overkill has got an album out. Anthrax, too. Was it Antara? Yeah. Well, yeah. Down. Down. They just put out one, which is Philip H. and Samuel's band, Down. Let's see who else. Oh, I'm just running out through some things. Oh, uh, (laughs) just jumping a record here, just jumping around. New groups. Butcher Babies. They're awesome. Oh, my God. I can't believe I forgot this. A pale horse named Death. A new band, but they've been around for a while, so... If you don't know uh, who I'm talking about, they that's Sal, and I hope I'm saying his last name correctly, uh, Aspicado from Typo Negative. Oh, John- Typo Negative, yeah, but what was the other band name? I'm going to write that down. Butcher Babies. Butcher Babies. And a pale horse named Death? Yes, a pale horse named Death. That's Sal Aspicado, and on, he's singing, and plus Johnny Kelly is the drummer from Typo Negative. Plus he's the drummer for Danzig and Kill Devil Heal now, and... And some new ones, and also, too, Texas Hippie Coalition. Oh, my God. Those guys can rock out. So those are definitely some names to look out for. Now, you grew up in the South, you know, right there in uh, pretty much the heart of coal mining country. Oh, yeah. Did you ever take any shit for being a metal fan? Oh, yeah. In the South? Oh, yeah, yeah. I got it. It was dope music. It was devil's music. It'll rot your brain out. Just, just the stupid stereotype stuff that you would hear. You know, nothing better than country. I mean, come on, really? <laughs> <laughs> nothing but country. Yeah, I didn't care. I wore my Guns N' Roses vest proudly. I didn't give two craps in the wind what anybody said, and I still don't give two craps in the wind to, to this day. Right on, right on. Now, uh, Blaine started to touch on this a little bit about uh, some of the people that you've had on the show. Tell us about uh, some of the, you know, and obviously you've, said yourself that you're a big supporter of uh, new music and local bands, but tell us about some of the big names that the listeners would know right off the bat that you've got the opportunity to speak with. Right off the bat, I mean, Snake Sabo from Skid Row, Jason Newstead, who has his new band called Newstead. Of course, we all know Jason Newstead from Metallica. Awesome record, by the way. I've checked it out myself. Heavy as all hell. Yeah, it is. And, and, it makes you it makes you go back to the old days of, of metal. Uh, let's see who else. Zach Wilde from Black Label Society. That was a great interview. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. I was kind of I was really nervous on though. But people ask, did you fanboy out? Well, yeah, I did a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> you have to, you're always in danger of going into the you know the waning Garth. Swing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's see who else. Uh, DJ Ashba from Guns N' Roses, Bumblefoot from Guns N' Roses, uh, and uh, Dean Pleasance from uh, Suicidal Tendencies, uh, Dave Mustaine, and Dave Ellison from Megadeth. Mustaine interview is one of my favorites. The thing that I love about the Mustaine interview is like it's one of the few recent Dave Mustaine interviews where it's like 
Dave sounds like a nice guy again. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, and you know, I told him his daughter did an awesome job of a taught Lamond and it floored him. You know, he was just really happy about it because I don't know what it was, but he was really appreciative about it. And, you know, things like that, that's what I like to talk about because, you know, to me, we, we're all into music. We're all family. That's what I say. Right on. Some of the other big names, uh, of course, Phil Anselmo. Yeah, that's what I was getting ready to say. Right. Phil Anselmo. And the one that I'd like to talk about here, I really, really want to get your thoughts on this interview that you did. You did what may have been, well, definitely was one of the last audio interviews ever done with uh, the great Dave Brocky, who we all know as Odor Sarungas from Guar. Yeah, yeah, that was a special interview. That was over an hour-long interview. You know, just just two guys just sitting down talking about football, you know, life and music, stuff in general like that. You know, I, I've, I'm really humble that I got to do that. I, you know, I just, I don't know what else to say. Because when I saw about him passing, I got to interview him, and that really bugs me. Yeah, it was literally just like maybe a couple of weeks from the time you interviewed him to when he passed away. Really crazy. Really crazy. Oh, and another cool one that I actually got to interview was, uh, now I keep going, don't want to blank as always. <laughs> you can edit this out, so. Maybe maybe metal really does rot your brain. <laughs> <laughs> they, were, they were right, John. They were right. I, I've done so many, it's it's not even funny. Oh, man, uh, Charlie Benante from uh, Anthrax. Yes. Oh, there's just, there's just a ton of them, and Michael Graves especially. Yeah, Michael Graves, who I know John and I know for sure as uh, former lead singer of the Misfits, had an has continued to have an incredible solo career in yeah. what we would call the horror punk genre. I'm not sure if Blaine's as familiar with that as we are. Huh? What? What? Yeah. <laughs> huh? It's, it's okay, Blaine. You, you can catch up later. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I was following my fingernails. <laughs> Blaine's still probably all tore up that Taylor Swift has just left country for pop music. Oh, no. What the hell? <laughs> Did, you, know, you didn't hear? Well, there's another song coming out. To not go, we'll go positive first, then we'll go negative. Okay, who has been your favorite person to interview, has had, uh, you know, just really cool to talk to, down-to-earth guy, and you would jump on the opportunity to do it again? Out of everyone that I've done, I mean, I'm talking about like nationally, uh, Nick Cantonese, who used to be the guitar player from Black Label Society, who is now doing his own stuff. Just an awesome guy, man. I, I stay in touch when I can, just a you know, little email here and there to say, hey, how you guys doing, stuff like that, and get something really cool back from him. So, yeah, Nick Cantonese in a heartbeat. Now, who is really hard to deal with and uh, could possibly be batshit crazy or an asshole? And obviously, since he asked that question and you're answering honestly, you'll never interview him again. <laughs> <laughs> honestly, I haven't ran into that yet, and I hope to God I never do. Knock on wood here, as we say in Appalachia. You know, that's I, I, the one I want to ask. I want to ask that question because that's a question that different words that you've asked me, and a question that I've also been asked about doing interviews. And the truth is, most people are actually pretty nice. It's rare and few and far between that you run into a real jackass doing yeah. that stuff. What you see on the internet, trust me, people, is not all true. It's not. No. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, damn it. <laughs> Let's He's see. taking his fan club down now. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, tell us about some of the things you have coming up. I know you've got some big plans coming for Halloween and uh, some other oh. stuff. So let, let us know. Clue us in on that stuff, my man. Right now, I'm working on my Halloween um, special that's going to start airing in September. And I know William's going to be part of the roundtable discussion that, that's going to take place. And we've got uh, myself, plus we've got William. Uh, we've got Misty Ward, who co-hosts with me sometimes. And she she likes William a lot because she likes his insight on things, especially the movies and stuff. Let's see who else we got here. Uh, let's see. We got uh, Aaron White, who was a pretty much a podcast DJ like myself with the Big Bad, the local band called the Big Bad. Also, we got Charlie uh, JJ Kruger. I love his last name. He is pretty. Also, he's a uh, critic for the uh, website horror slash punk dot com. You can always go on there and uh, check his stuff out. Also, he's on Facebook too. All five of us are going to be knocking it out. I guess four of us. I'm going to be knocking it out, talking about uh, horror stuff and things like that. And just basically what Halloween meant to us and what got us down the horror track, as I should say. Uh, also, two coming up September 12th through the 14th, we'll be in Bods Mayhem Hour and Uber City Radio. We'll be in Lexington, Kentucky at the uh, Scarefest Convention, broadcasting live. Um, so hopefully, hopefully we'll have some interviews. I'm starting to schedule some because if it don't start now, you won't get them when you get there. Sorry, William, go ahead. Okay, uh, let's talk about the, the connection between metal and horror. Why are so many metal fans into horror? Why are so many horror fans into metal? If you got a horror metal band that you like, and you love horror music, if you love horror movies, of course, it's both going to tie into each other. So you can relate to the bands, you can relate to the music, plus the movies. Uh, and plus, too, it's just the style of the music. There's a lot of great horror bands that are out there. Metal, punk, even rockabilly horror bands oh and yeah for me it's just the relationship with the movies and plus the actual songs you know so you got like the extreme of two different you know yeah. kinds of entertainment and naturally that's gonna mesh together well oh yeah yeah and there's there's a lot of lot of awesome bands that i like to give a shout out to if you guys don't mind everybody take a look. you can actually go on and look up the band the crimson ghosts and they are out of germany awesome band they will blow your mind. Uh, let's see who else. There, I mean, there's a lot of great bands from over Germany that are horror bands. You know, the Zombie Haters? They're awesome. I mean, they're just four kids. Bands, especially around here locally. Uh, the Big Bad out of, I think, Charleston, West Virginia. You've got uh, Vagora. Who, uh, they're not really a horror band, but they're more of like a metal slash horror, everything into one. You've got a gentleman by the name of Robbie Bloodshed. Another awesome awesome musician the independents they're awesome great band been around for a long time silent horror they're an awesome band uh, argyle goolsby is the lead singer of that band um of course argyle was from another great band with a whole lot of local ties here to appalachia oh yeah blitz kid the immortal blitz kid yeah that's right and then they split and then tv has another band called uh, a gathering of none Darrow, and, and there's another awesome band, Darrow Chemical Company. They don't have a bad song that's out, and I, I mean, they've got a lot of songs out. When you talk about these particular bands, I mean, those all go back to a common root, and that would be classic band from late 70s, early 80s, fronted by Glenn Danzig, The Misfits. Oh, yeah. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. So, are they ever getting back together, John? And I don't mean the current incarnation. Will, will The Misfits ever get back together? No. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, uh, you like Sam Hain. Oh, yeah. Love, love, they love them. Got a 30 year, they've got a 30-year reunion coming up. Wait, wait, wait. Who is this? Sam Hain. Jeez. Um. <laughs> We've lost Cut him. Light, <laughs> light. Okay, I got to quit playing stupid for a minute. <laughs> we must let's put this in terms that uh, the common guy might understand. When we say Sam Hain, we say misfits. We're talking about yeah. Glenn Danzig, who everyone around the world probably just remembers as the mother guy, except for <laughs> you know, except for the hardcore among us like John and myself. Yeah, yeah. It's like when people say, you know who Sam Hain is? Nope. <laughs> I mean, not, not to like an ass or anything. Doesn't it's he have a convenience store down there off of 32? <laughs> <laughs> I think we uh, – you know what, William? I think we need to have a, a – uh, a class uh, to teach Blaine. You know. <laughs> we should just do a podcast, you know, like uh, Horror Punk 101. I think we should. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great idea. <laughs> so everyone can get dragged into this horrible ongoing soap opera, The Misfits. <laughs> no, but, you know, I'm, I'm glad. It, it's cool that, that Glenn M's doing this. Um, and they're going to be at the Philip H. and Samuel House Core Horror Film Festival in October. I'd love to be there. Plus, they're going to be doing some other. I think they're going to be doing a couple uh, shows with it. Awesome! Oh man. yeah, never totally got its due. Doesn't have the visibility of the Misfits, but this is Glenn Danzig's second band, and it is just the Misfits times a thousand. Gloomy. Yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> of course, you, you said you're going to have London May coming up, also from Sam Hain. Yeah, London May will be on uh, this Tuesday show. Um, that's a really, really great interview. Um, plus, I've got like, I mean, the Halloween, the Halloween special is going to be insane. So you people out there need to keep in, you know, add, just go like Bod's Mayhem Hour on Facebook and just keep up to date what we're doing. Plus, we got prizes to give away. We got uh, Louder Than Life Music Festival that's coming up October fourth and fifth. I'll be giving away two more free tickets to that. I make it very simple, people. Either like a picture or call in. Yeah, and of course, behind every uh, great man, there is a woman. And tell us a little bit about your co-host, Misty. Cat lady. <laughs> Cat lady. <laughs> she, she's very, very smart with horror movies. She knows her stuff. She can tell you anything and everything about any movie. She's on top of stuff, you know, in that genre. She, she can tell you anything and everything, pretty much. So I got my work cut out. <laughs> <laughs> so how'd you track her down? I mean, she, uh, you had a big search for a co-host for a while, and then out of the blue, there's Misty. How did that come about? I think that she replied back to, to the post, I think. She just showed up and started doing it. <laughs> I think so. No, I think I think so. <laughs> it's like, why, why are you in my house? <laughs> so, so what, what what are you doing here? Oh, she's supposed to know. Eat, breathe, sleeps horror music or horror movies. So, I mean, she's perfect, perfect for the show. Check out Bod's Mayhem Hour on Uber City Radio every Tuesday at eight p.m. Eastern till ten p.m. Eastern. Uh, just go to ubercityradio.com. There's a listen live button that you can click. You can also click on studio, and that will let you in there either, either way that you want to do it. If there's any local bands out there, rock, metal, horror punk, anything like that, if you want to reach out to me, as, you know, me especially for the show to, to get you on there, play your tracks, whatever, 
just go to uh, Facebook and add BODS. That's capital B-O-D-S, uh, lowercase mayhem hour. And it should be the first thing that comes up there. Should. And uh, just leave me a message, and I'll get back to you or whatever. And that's about it, really. I'm that easy to get a hold of. I don't uh, don't stray away. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, I, I do have to kind of interject here for a second, John, if you don't mind. Just for the shits and giggles of it, I came up with the idea of us doing a cheesy 10 trivia questions as just a kind of goofy game. And I'm pitting you against William to see who can answer these the best and all. If you're up for it, you're up for it. If you're not, you're not. I'm down with it. Um, uh, let's do it. Why not? And you've got to promise me neither one of you are going to be googling shit, so... This ain't like the newlywed game, is it? <laughs> what the fuck is the internet? <laughs> okay. Well, first things first, and this one I must say is just because of our appreciation of a certain gentleman. So which of these three characters is not one that Bruce Campbell has played? Your mother. It, whereas you are correct there, sir. I win. And wait until I get through them. <laughs> I don't have a buzzer. <laughs> a, Ash. B, Bubba Hotep. Or C, Mendez Gorilla. C. I got to go with B because you said Bubba Hotep and not Elvis. Pop up. William got that one. Damn it. <laughs> Trick question, not fair. <laughs> Why? Uh, I'm not getting this. Okay. Well, I want to recount, please. Uh, this one's going to go more towards John, I think. Do I uh, get double points for saying your mother? Uh, no, you just made my left nipple hard. That's all. <laughs> so, wow. <laughs> how did Skinny Puppy come about their name? Is this timed? Uh, let's see. Googling, you've got no. okay. four seconds. Okay, uh, being that uh, John has remained silent, I will take this. Skinny Puppy came from the uh, Walt Disney uh, Haunted Mansion. There's uh, in the ride through. There's a very emaciated skeletal dog, and that was the uh, the inspiration for the name Skinny Puppy. John, do you have a retort? A pig. I don't know. Yep. Okay, we'll give it to William then, because that if even though it wasn't what I had down, it was definitely the most interesting thing that could have come out. What did What did you have? Um, my understanding was the founding member Kevin K just kind of came up with the idea of a dog's eye view and called it Skinny Puppy as a joke after he came up with that concept. Uh, that's not what I've heard. Well, yeah. you found it on the internet. <laughs> See, you've relied on the internet like an asshole, Blaine. Damn it. Don't do that again. <laughs> Origin of Hillbilly. Wow. Your mother. Okay, you got that one again. <laughs> I you know, honestly, it's a it's a damn shame that I have to admit this, but I have no idea. I know how the redneck came about, but Hillbilly I remember it had something to do with um Fuck you don't even know yourself. John, explain redneck and we'll give you the point. What the hell? Don't even get to get my sentence out. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I believe Redneck came about with uh, individuals wearing a red uh, handkerchief for a bandana around their neck. Yeah, it was a, uh, it was a union thing. Yeah. yeah, yep. And that's how Redneck came about. 
and the hillbilly had something to do with uh, William of Orange in Ireland. So, okay. So who shot the sheriff but not the deputy? William. <laughs> that is true. Me? That is true. I did shoot the sheriff but did not shoot the deputy. And how what? much square footage is in an acre? Uh, uh, let's go back to I shot the sheriff there. Uh, oh, no, I, I already gave it to John for his he, answer. He can have it, but I'm not done talking, man. Oh, okay. okay I, will th I will throw this back into your court, Blaine, and you maybe you can get a point on this one. What What was the sheriff's name? Oh, Jesus. Andy Griffith. That's a sheriff, definitely. Half credit to John. Eh. Yeah, I'm I'm choking hard. Sheriff John Brown. I be John Brown. <laughs> okay, on to number five. So, how much square footage is there in an acre? And you know, we can be off. Closest to the pen is good. God, I'm horrible at math. Jeez. Uh, let me tell you about math. I've got a degree in English for a reason. <laughs> and uh, also, I grew up in the 70s and 80s, and around about 1978, they decided we're going to drop everything you already know, and you're going to pick up the metric system. And then about four years after that, the metric system seemed to disappear in a puff of logic overnight. So I can barely tell you how many inches are in a foot. I wanna, I'm just going to guess and say 120 feet. Yeah, I'll go with that. I don't care. I know I'm wrong. William, you want to throw a number out? I do not. Uh, then John will get it since he chose to at least answer. Good for him. He's the guest. He deserves it. <laughs> now, this one, um, William, you're going to have to mute your mic for five seconds. Okay. And what is Ozzy Osbourne's given name? Oh, my God. Really? Oh, I don't even know that one. I don't dive in that much into into. Wow. <laughs> I know it. Sharon. Uh, Jack, I don't know. I was going to say Jack, but I don't know. I'm done. Not too far off. William? John Osborne. Yep. Boy, I'm an idiot. I would okay. Give it, I, would give it to, I would give it to John Marshall, though, because uh, Jack is a nickname for John. Uh, that's why I was saying he wasn't too far off. Yep. But <laughs> Okay. Well, uh, this one definitely should be up his area, so to speak. Good. Pardon the pun here. So, um, where was Ned Beatty born? Oh, my God. I feel like I'm on the worst episode of Jeopardy. I, I, I'll give you a hint. There, there are certain letters left out in the pronunciation of this town in your state. Tennessee? I don't know. <laughs> Great hint, Blaine. Pardon. Wait, I thought you were Kentucky. Yep. Okay. Not so Lexington, but the other big L. Louisville? Oh, look, John pulled that one out of his ass. <laughs> I've got a question. Okay. Uh, George C. Scott's hometown. What is it? Oh, wow. I have absolutely no clue. The sprawling metropolis of Saltville, Virginia. Okay. For all the horror fans here, Tommy Lee Wallace, director of Halloween 3. Where was he originally from? Oh, hell. John Carpenter was a good Kentucky boy, but I don't know about Tommy Lee Wallace. Somerset, Kentucky. Wow. Okay, well, back to Ned Beatty. Um, how tall is Ned Beatty, or was Ned Beatty? Well, 
Yeah, before he started shrinking. Really? Five, five. Five, four and a half. <laughs> uh, John's closest to the pen, five, eight. <laughs> One dollar, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> now, we're, we're going to go completely to the other side of the mountains with this one, and... Who knows when Mr. Popcorn Sutton passed away? Oh, wow. I do know that. That was actually several years ago, um, and he, he killed himself. Yeah. That, yep. 2011? Yeah, I believe so. September, I believe, wasn't it, or August? You're both fairly close, but you need to subtract a couple. It's uh, July. July 2009. William? June 2010. Ah, that one goes to John, March of 2009. Oh, okay, okay. And wasn't it nice of all these sweet celebrities from country music to crawl the woodwork and uh, brand Popcorn Sutton's uh, <laughs> moonshine? Moonshine after yeah. he, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, just so, so sweet of them that uh, there was no one coming to that poor guy's defense. Yeah. Beforehand. Yeah, that no drought. How many times did he get freaking arrested for just trying to live? Countless. Long. Yeah, long. Uh, And the last question that I'd prepared, and sadly enough, John, you're not allowed to answer this one, is just how cool is John Marshall? John Marshall is cool as the other side of Billy D. Williams' pillow. Wow. <laughs> 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 Billy D. Williams, baby. <laughs> I was oh. a little disturbed, but by the same token, that requires an applause. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Yeah, but uh, we love John. John's been a huge supporter of Appalachian Pie from before the beginning, and uh, without his help and advice about setting up just the technical side of this, we we couldn't have done it. And we have nothing but thanks and admiration. Go listen to his show. If you see him out, shake his hand. You know, God bless the guy. We love him so much. Thanks, guys. I appreciate that. You know, like I said, if I could turn somebody on to, to the music I play or, or at least get somebody in, into being an online DJ or just doing a little podcast or something, you know, like I said, I feel like I'm feel like I'm doing some, some part of, of a good deed, as I should say. <laughs> I, I do want to throw out a big shout-out to Downtree and one of the local bands I do support a lot here. They're from Pike County, Kentucky, so... Josh and the guys from Downtrend, uh, I like those guys a lot. So, yeah, I'm, I'm glad I could do something for somebody because th that's all I've ever wanted to do is just help people. And if, if this is their their little kink in their uh, whatever, you know, doing a little podcast or, or just doing anything in a positive way, I've done what I've set out to do. So, well, you're definitely doing it well. Absolutely, you've made a made an impact uh, impact on us here at the Pie for sure. And thank you so much for coming by. Let's give uh, John Marshall a big round. Thank you, sir. Definitely, thank you, sir. Appreciate you being here. All right. Once again, we'd like to thank our guest tonight, Mr. John Marshall of Bod's Mayhem Hour. Uh, thanks so much for doing the show, and uh, be sure to listen for. Uh, John on Bod's Mayhem Hour on the Uber City Radio Network, and we'll have uh, links and uh, where you can catch John at some of his upcoming events and conventions and uh, metal shows uh, around the southeast. And we just wanted to take another second to thank John for joining us this evening. 
It was a wonderful discussion. Great to not only get to speak to a gentleman that we appreciate and has really kind of, I wouldn't say influenced us, but he's definitely been a patron and a a guide along this trip that we're taking in building Appalachian Pie. And I can't think of a better person for us to have had for our first interview. And please, everyone, take the time to at least check him out um, on Facebook. It's BODS, B-O-D-S, all capital, Mayhem Hour. And you can also find him on UberCityRadio.com at BODS, B-O-D-S. Listen, guys, it's not that difficult. Check him out, and please let him know that you appreciate him and you appreciate us, because I tell you what, he's going to be there for you, too. Right on, right on. John's a good guy, and he's a good friend. Uh, Go send him some love. That wraps up another episode of Appalachian Pie. Thanks for listening. Uh, It's not wrapping it up. What the hell are you talking about? we still got other stuff to go over, but I know the time's getting a little bit short. Anyway, yeah, I guess we're going to have to finish this conversation a little bit later, and otherwise... You know, feel free to let us know what you think. Feel free to tell William what an asshole I am. Feel free to tell me what an asshole you think William is. You can always reach us at appypi, A-P-P-Y-P-I-14 at gmail.com or appypi. Let's spell this out for you again, people. A-P-P-Y-P-I on Twitter. And otherwise, we will catch you all soon, and it's been a pleasure, and can't wait to hear back from you, and really, we do love you. Take care. For Blaine Carr, I'm William Riot. Thank you for listening to Appalachian Pie. Good night. On a foo-foo haircut, sitting on my head. On a foo-foo haircut, sitting on my head. Man, I'd rather be bald, I'd rather be dead. Now the best in my generation been destroyed by style and moves. Some of the best in my generation been destroyed by that evil style and moves. Yeah, there's only one move said. Charlie Sexton, a prisoner to your haircut. Don't be like Charlie Sexton, a prisoner to your haircut. My wind up on a magazine, looking like a nut. Then New York hair farmers with their hair sticking up so Caught in a band Them poor boys They might die Man, that'd be a shame It would be a pity You know, one morning I woke up From a nice night of sleeping I woke up and I said to myself Mojo, Mojo, you cannot judge a foo-foo by his hair Can't judge a book by its cover you can't decide, you know, a person's good or bad just because they got one of big booster haircuts sticking up. Mojo, there might be a great cosmic kid inside one of them people. 
One of them people with all dressed in black and looking all like they're gonna die and everything. They're just regular folks like me and you. Them heavy metal guys, they're regular folks like me and you. So man, for brotherhood, for peace, fraternity, equality, I decided that I, Mojo Nixon, was gonna get a foo-foo haircut. That's right, in the war between the rockers and the poofers. So I went and got me one of them haircuts, man. I'm talking about a mighty big one. They had to get a hair extension piece on me, man. Sticking three, four feet up the air. Big black thing, a lot of styling moves on it. Bees, birds, and bats were flying all around that sucker. Looked like a couple of bats had a nest up in there. Some might have been vampire bats or something, you know. God dang it, man. So I'm sitting there and I'm walking around. I'm, everybody's seeing me and they're saying, Moj, we're so bummed out. <laughs> We can't believe, Mojo, you got a foo-foo haircut. I said, I did it all for brotherhood. I did it all for brotherhood. So one Sunday afternoon, you know what I do? I go down to my local go-kart track, man, and I get in that bare little go-kart. And I think I'm going to take off like Wendell Scott. And the guy that owns the place, he comes up to me, he says, Oh, say, Mojo. Mojo, I know you like go-karts a whole lot and everything. But that haircut, mm-mm, mm-mm, Mojo, you can't be racing with that haircut. Not only are the bats scaring everybody, but you might poke somebody's eye with that thing. I mean, it's just way up there. You do it out of control. I know that haircut helps you get in them New York clubs and everything, make you feel real existential and whatnot, but no go-karts, I thought about this for a second. I was mighty discombobulated. I said to myself, discombobulation is a sweep in the nation and no on a foo-foo haircut sitting on my head. 